hey, if you are newer to the Santa Maria Four Square Church, who knows, maybe some of you this is your first day, um, maybe you're joining us online, um, I would encourage you to take out your cell phone real quick. Take out your cell phone, and if you want to text us, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to just reach out to you. You can receive our emails, our text messages. You can also tell them to stop whenever you want them to stop. But um, we would love to like just include you and make sure you know about what's going on in the life of our church family. And so it's very simple to do because all you have to do is text hello SM4. Okay, take your phone, text hello SM4 to the number 97,000. 97,000, just text hello SM4, and we will begin to include you in our uh, correspondence. We send out stuff every week, every couple of weeks, sometimes once a month, but it, it just keeps you abreast of what's going on and kind of loops you in, and we'd be so glad if you would do that with us. Hey, we're in a series right now, we're in week three of a series that we've entitled anchored. And what we're doing is we're talking about four different ways that we can anchor ourselves in the Lord. And so in uh, the past couple of weeks, week number one, we talked about being anchored in the word of God. And we launched a reading plan called the SM4 260 reading plan. You can find that on our church website. SM4260 uh, reading plan takes us through the New Testament together as a church family this year. It is beautiful. We're hearing just such good things um, from people who are saying, man, pastor, we're doing that. We love it. We're diving in. It's great to do that together. And we think we're going to have some more encouragement along those lines um, to help people even come together and talk about what they're, they're uh, discovering in the, in the seasons ahead, a more, little bit more about that um, in the next weeks. But we talked about the word of God, our first anchor. It's there that we discover the promises of God. It's there in his word. They're life to us. We, we discover who God is and the promises that he's made and how we can live into those promises as people who are becoming faithful to Jesus. It's where we discover his promises. Then last week, we talked about anchor number two, which is prayer, becoming people of prayer that helps anchor us to God himself. And if, if the word of God, I want you to follow me here, if the word of God is where we make discoveries, okay, about his promises, can I tell you that I believe that it's in prayer that we begin to lay hold of those promises. It's where we actually begin to wrestle with them and contend with them and as we're talking with the Lord and we're crying out to him and we're actually even having prayers about saying like, God, you said. I've had some prayers like that this week. God, you said in your word. God, you promised. And so check this out. It's, it's as we discover God's promises in his word, discovery, and then as we move into prayer, that's like development, discovery and development. We're developing our faith as we learn to stand on the promises of God no matter what. No matter the size of the storm, 
Come on, somebody. No matter the weight of the burden we're carrying, no matter the magnitude of the challenge that we are facing, we are anchored in the Lord through his word and through prayer. Discovery and development of our faith. And so this week, we're taking that a step further. And those of you that have been in our church family for a while, you know that we use three D words pretty regularly to talk about discipleship, this discipleship process that is going on in our lives. And we talk about discovery, development, and then the third word is deployment. Three things that are always going on within the life of a disciple, always discovering, always developing, and always deploying. Deployment has to do with activating our faith. Deployment has to do with stepping out in our faith, putting it in motion. Deployment is always where our faith kind of comes out of our hearts and we actually take it to the street, right? Because our faith does not just belong inside of us. Our faith is meant to be lived, come on, lived out. Let me say it again. Our faith never is just to be something that is this internal me thing. Our faith is always meant to be lived out. So we talk about discovery, development, and deployment. So as we are dropping this third anchor, what we are doing is we are talking about being anchored in mission. Anchored in mission. Anchored in the word, anchored in prayer. Today we're talking about being anchored in mission. And you, you, you might just wonder, you might just be scratching your head going, Pastor, wait a second here. Aren't anchors designed to keep us in one place? So I don't know, I don't understand this. So being, how can you be anchored in mission? Because doesn't mission always require going? I, I, I'm stepping out, right? I'm, didn't you just say that mission's about taking our faith out of our heart and getting into the streets? Yeah. So how can we be anchored in mission? Well, here's what I want you to understand. Being anchored in the Lord is more about your soul, not your feet. Being anchored in the Lord has to do with my heart, my spirit, my soul. Being anchored in him. It doesn't have to do with my feet and where he may send this anchored soul as I join in his mission. Catch that? And here's something that is fascinating to catch, really beautiful to understand, that as we become people who join God on his mission of redemption in the world, as we join him on that, we actually become more anchored in him. As we join him, we become more anchored in him. This is because we on mission are learning to become doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And if you were with us two weeks ago when we talked about God's word, we talked specifically about this. And what we discovered 
is that it's people who hear God's word but fail to become doers. They fail to activate and put it into motion. What happens, Jesus says, is those are people that become shattered. Their lives become shattered when those storms hit. It's tough for them. But on the other hand, we find that people who are doers of the word, not just hearers only, but they actually do it. They begin to join God on his mission as they discover what his word says and they start to put it into motion in their lives, that those are people who become anchored to Jesus, that their lives are built on the rock of God himself. So as we join him on mission, we become people who are anchored in him and will be able to weather the storms that are here. Anybody going through a storm? Yeah. We are. I know of other families who are praying for right now. Many families within our church community that are not here today because of sickness in their bodies some facing round two of COVID. We pray for them. We pray for you, those who are watching online that could not be here in person because of sickness or other things that are weighing you down, making it, un, making it impossible really for you to join us today. We pray for God's grace on you and we pray that you would be anchored in him and not get toppled over by the storms. Why, why does it work this way, though? Why, why, as I become a doer of God's word and join him on mission, that I can become more anchored in him? This is a simple way to put it. My behavior establishes my anchors. My, my behaviors, what I choose to do, those things establish my anchors. And it's this way in so much of life, not just when we're talking about our faith, I want you to think about marriage. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Kelly, right here. My behaviors, right, will either strengthen and establish this anchor or it will weaken anchor. Could you imagine if I never told my wife that I loved her, like took the action, right, took this activation to say I love her, not just have it in here, but to tell her. What if I never spent time with her? What if I never held her close? What if I never did those things that show her that I love her and that I'm committed to her and that I am with her? What if I never did those things? Well, guess what? The marriage anchor ain't going to hold forever without being able to be strengthened through actually my behaviors because my behaviors are what establish my anchors. You with me? And it is the same with the Lord. That's why he told us to be doers of my word. Don't get tricked and trapped into thinking that you can just like think the right thoughts I've got Jesus in my heart, and that's all I need. 
Listen, that provides a very, very small little anchor. I mean, it's good, it's important, it's where we start, it's where we make the discovery, but God calls us to go beyond just making insights and discoveries and actually where we would begin to develop those to the place where we can put them into action and join God on his mission for this world. There's a pastor up in the Northwest, his name is Tyler Stanton, and I love how he says this. He says this, check out this quote. He says, we have to put into practice the way of Jesus. I love that phrase. We have to put into practice the way of Jesus because we are formed by what we do. I want you to say, say these words. I am formed by what I do. Come on, all of us together. I am formed by what I do. So important. That's why we need to, as the way he puts it, put into practice the way of Jesus. Not this that I would know about it in my heart. Got some great ideas. I got some great memory verses tucked away in my, my thinker up here. I've got to get those verses lived out in my life. I've got to put them into motion, put them into practice. Listen, this should be a hope-filled message to anybody who thinks the church is nothing more. They're just, oh, they just want us to come and sit and sing, learn a little Bible study, maybe give a little money to help keep the lights on, and that's what the church is all about. What good is the church? Let me tell you, we're going to be talking about that in a moment, but if we are not doing his work and doing good in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in the city of Santa Maria, and even around the world. If we are not being God's people on mission, there is something really broken with the church. And maybe what you've seen is a broken representation of church of just kind of like the little huddled mass, you know, of of the chosen frozen, you know? They're just like, they're frozen in place. They're not out there doing the work of Jesus. This should give you hope. That that is not what the gospel is about. That is not the good news of Jesus. Because the good news of Jesus is always to be translated into the good works of Jesus. And that happens as we activate our faith and join him on mission. And God's mission will always take us to others. Sometimes we like that, because sometimes we like the others that God takes us to. Hmm, other times, not so much. And it becomes challenging. It's like, God, who are you sending me to? God, I like this neighbor on this side of me. I'll go to them all day long, serve them, work alongside of them, help them, talk to them about Jesus. I'll pray for their needs. This neighbor on the other side, oh, that person's grumpy, Lord. That person don't even like me. That person gives me the evil eye. I, I do not want to go to that person. But sometimes God will take us, well, a lot of the time, God will take us outside of our comfort zone to bring us to the other who most needs 
a touch of a good news translated through the good works that he would bring. There's an author who's since passed away. He was also a professor of New Testament theology. His name is Robert Mulholland. I love the way he frames this about God's mission being tied to the other. He said this. He said, spiritual formation is a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. Let me just pause there for a moment. Spiritual formation. Spiritual formation, what, what is that? Well, it's, it's another way to talk about discipleship, growing more and more like Jesus. And he talks about spiritual formation. It's about those three Ds. It's about making discoveries about God through his word. It's about developing, like strengthening in those things, actually learning to stand strong, becoming anchored, right, in the Lord. And then, it tie, and then it's about taking those steps of activating our faith. All of those things are wrapped up in this idea of spiritual formation, discipleship. So he says spiritual formation is a process of being formed in the image of Christ. And again, let's pause for a moment and let's realize and recognize we are all being formed by something. What is forming me? What forms my life? You know, is it education? Is it the teachers I listen to, the books I read? You know, the, the topics I study? Mm, that, that forms. Entertainment. What I give myself to, what I pour into my mind, might that form me in a certain way? Yeah, it really can. And then my environment, my home, my family of origin, uh, you know, my, even my ethnicity and all those things that, 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 uh, that carries with it. All, something is forming me. The question is, is Jesus forming me? And spiritual formation, discipleship has to do with being formed in the image of Christ. But then he tags on this line, for the sake of others. Because it's always about mission. We cannot forget mission. And then he goes on and he says, there can be no wholeness in the image of Christ. Meaning this process of Spiritual formation being formed in the image of Christ is not going to be complete, okay? Okay, No wholeness in that, which is not incarnate in our relationship with others, both in the body of Christ and in the world. What is he saying? What does that word mean? We have to incarnate this in our relationships. Incarnate means to embody it. It means to live it out. We must live out our faith in Jesus, in order to grow spiritually strong, to be spiritually formed, to become a disciple who is anchored in God, not easily knocked over. And when we understand this, it, it, it can help to fix, I think, a common problem that a lot of growing disciples have, where we can mistakenly believe that discipleship is all about me. It's all about me. 
I'm doing these things, reading the word, being a person of prayer, maybe in taking a day of silence and meditation, fasting before the Lord. I'm doing these things because I can then grow to be more whole, right? So that I, I can be a person who flourishes. So that I can become the best version of me. Right? Have you ever heard that kind of language? I mean, maybe even thought it. It's like, oh, so you mean this is not all about me and just me becoming my best version? No. We, that, that is a broken version of discipleship and spiritual formation. Because it leaves out mission. It leaves out the other now listen, does God want to bring about wholeness? Oh yeah, in our lives. Will God bring about our flourishing and our personal best of like, when, listen, when we're whole and healed, guess what? We're, we're a whole lot more towards our best self than we're all broken, messed up, addicted, living lives filled with anxiety and depression. Oh my goodness, Jesus wants to bring wholeness. And he wants to bring human flourishing. Jesus said, I have come that you would have life and have it to the full. Right? So, oh my, he wants to do those things. But it's more than that. It's always more than that. There's always something then that is going to cost us to step out on missions. Why Jesus... Time and time again, when you read through the New Testament, in fact, if you're in our um, SM4 260 reading plan, this week we read this that Jesus said, and it's found in Luke chapter 9. If you were reading along, we read this on Thursday. Jesus said this, starting in verse 23, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? It means, listen, going on mission with Jesus is hard. I mean, he's like connecting this with picking up our cross, dying to ourselves. This is challenging. And it's why a lot of people never, in the words of Robert Mulholland, ever become fully formed into the image of Christ. Because we stop at God's word and prayer and never activate that and never join him on mission. But he said, listen, if you want to be my follower, follow me. Join me. Like, look what I'm doing and do what I'm doing. And that includes this cross. And Jesus goes on and says, if you try to hang on to your life, guess what, guys? You're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Discipleship is not about project self. Discipleship is about growing into the image of Jesus for the sake of others. 
So what is our mission? Can we just talk about what is our mission? I want to give you a phrase that I think will be helpful in discerning our mission. And, and then maybe you could even take these words, write them down, take out your phone and like put it someplace that you can come back to and reflect on. We could probably say this a thousand different ways, but here's what I want to give to you today because I think it's punchy and memorable and I think that this is the kind of mission that you can actually begin to step out on today. You ready? Our mission is this, and we'll go ahead and put it up on the screen. Doing good in Jesus' name with all we have. Doing good in Jesus' name with all we have. Write that down somewhere. It's our mission. And you could even internalize that. You could even say it this way. My mission is to do good in Jesus' name with all I have. In fact, why don't we say that together? You ready? My mission, My mission. is to do good in Jesus' name with all I have. Let's say it again. My mission is to do good in Jesus' name with all I have. Obviously, that's kind of this threefold mission here. This threefold mission. So let's just break this down and talk for a few minutes each, and then we'll be done about these three things doing good in Jesus' name with all we have. Number one, doing good. I think we'd miss a real important opportunity here on the eve of Martin Luther King Jr. Day to not reflect for a moment on this incredible man and pastor, by the way, who did so much good in the name of Jesus. Sometimes we can forget that. We just think he did good. Man, we, he, he did good in the name of Jesus with everything that he had. I want to just reflect on something important that he said about doing good. Listen to this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. He said this, life's most persistent and urgent question is this, what are you doing for others? Wow. What are you doing for others? Why would he say that this is the life's most persistent and urgent question? Because when we get the answer to this question wrong, everything falls apart. When I turn inward and it's all about me and I'm consumed by selfishness, greed, those, those things that just are all about maybe project self and it's about me, guess what? Stuff falls apart. Marriages fall apart when people make it all about themselves. Families fall apart. Churches fall apart. Communities fall apart. Workplaces fall apart. Society falls apart when it's about me and not considering the other. What am I doing for others, and when you can just pause for a moment 
and realize the gravity of what we, he was saying regarding, right, regarding ethnicities and the pain that has been experienced, not only by Martin Luther King Jr., but by so many who because of different color of skin, different nation of origin, different native language, all those things, and how they have been hurt and just drugged through pain because people got this question wrong. And it's about me and protecting what I have, building a fence around me, right? Rather than saying, no, really, this is about what am I doing for others? What am I doing to promote good in that other individual? It's not just about me. Selfishness, project self, will never bring about the kingdom of God. Selfishness will never bring about the kingdom of God. But when we learn to do good by serving others, we are never more like Jesus. Because we learn in God's word, Matthew 20, 28, that Jesus came, says to serve, not to be served. If our king, the one who we follow, is declared to be the one who came to serve, not to be served, man, we, as we step out on mission, come to realize, oh, that's me too. I am here to serve others. I am here to do good. And guess what, folks? You were made for this. You were made for this. We're reminded in Ephesians 2.10, check this out. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us. What? He has created me. I was made for this. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can do good. We can do the good things he planned for us long ago. It was in God's heart long ago that we would do good. We were made for this. And guess what? You weren't just made for it. You were saved for it. Titus 2.14 reminds us of this. Jesus gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people. Why? Totally committed. Totally committed to doing good deeds. Doing good. You were made for this. You were saved for this. Let's join Jesus on mission and find that as we do, we are becoming more and more anchored in him. Well, pastor, how do I do good? Find something that's broken and work at it. I've shared this before, but I just love this, that you know, when Kelly and I moved to Santa Maria, Kelly really quickly started noticing that in all of our parking lots around town, man, people leave carts out all over the place where they don't belong. I mean, and it just gets congested, and you're looking for a parking place, and there's 13 carts that people just... 
Why? Because they didn't do good. They, they were thinking more about self rather than like, man, this is going to be a bummer to not only the people who work here, but the next person that tries to drive in. You know, so rather than taking 30 seconds out of my busy day, right, and like just put it away, help everybody out, do a little good. So guess what? So Kelly started saying, I'm going to change that narrative. So when Kelly goes into a parking lot, and I oftentimes have joined her on this, like, like she'll walk around and look for shopping carts that are like just left strewn and just like, you know what? I'm going to take a couple of minutes and just, you know, shove them where they need to go. It's just a little thing of doing good. And you know, it is for the sake of others. It's not just because she likes things in their place, side benefit, but it's for the sake of others. It's for because, no, someone else is going to have to do this job. Why, why should they have to do it? Because someone else was just a little too selfish. And if there's any conviction there, that didn't come from me. That's from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but just find something that's broken and like work at it. Find someone who needs help and help them. Find someone who needs encouragement today and encourage them. Find someone who maybe just has a need for a little bit of resource and just help resource them. Do good. You'll figure it out. Follow Jesus. Do what he tells you to do. But then there's the second part, and we'll go quickly, but do good in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Our mission is not only to do good, but to do good in Jesus' name. See, when we're on mission in his name, it's this reminder that, oh, this isn't about me. In fact, it, we have to come to that place of admitting when we're doing it in his name that my name means very little here. Because there ain't nothing about my name that brings about life transformation, wholeness, or salvation. It's because of Jesus and his name. So when we're going on mission in his name, we are admitting it's not about me. It's about him. And here's what makes all the difference, though, that I realize me, just little old me, and it's not about me, because I'm an ordinary dude that's got a lot of brokenness that I'm still processing as I'm trying to be formed in the image of Jesus. Listen, but he's welcomed me. Brokenness, weakness and all, he's welcomed me and he's called me his child. He has empowered me with his name so that I can go in his name as his ambassador, representing Jesus, even in my weakness and brokenness. When I minister in his name, I'm not doing it in my own strength. I'm doing it in his. That's why the apostle Paul wrote these words. They're in Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whatever you do, as you step out on mission and follow him, and as you're putting away shopping carts, and as you're ministering to your neighbor, and as you're rocking kids and safari kids and teaching them in their classes and 
holding doors open for people when they come to church, or just all this stuff, right? All this stuff. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Celebrating his name. Giving him thanks. And that's how we ensure that we're glorifying him and reflecting all glory. It's not about me. No, it's about Jesus. There's no hope in my name. There's hope in the name of Jesus. But let me encourage you all. Don't get weird about this though either. How weird would it be when Kelly goes and puts away that shopping cart that she's like, I'm doing this for Jesus, you know? How weird would it be if you step out on mission by being a little league coach, right? Just being there for kids, pouring into their lives, helping them, encouraging them. Then like you sit them down in the dugout before and it's like, I want to remind all of you kids, I am coaching you in the name of Jesus. No, just be a good coach. Just come alongside of other people and bless them. And guess what? You know what? They're going to find out what you're all about. They're going to find out. You don't have to slap the name of Jesus, right, on everything you do, right, and think that that's going to lead the world to Jesus. Don't be weird about it. Your weirdness does not glorify Jesus. It is weird. So don't just try to slap Jesus' name on everything you do. I love the way Jesus put this in Matthew 5, 15 and 16. He says this. He says, don't hide your light. In other words, you don't have to tell people, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing this for Jesus. No, you can shine your light. Don't hide it. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow. For all to see. Why? So they will praise your heavenly father. You know how when we get this right, when we're doing good in the name of Jesus, instead of people saying, thank you, thank you, you know what they start to say instead? Thank God for you. Thank God for you. I think that's when we know we're beginning to get it right. And when we're ministering and doing mission in the name of Jesus, it helps us to remind reminds ourselves, we're not doing this for me, my name, bringing glory to myself. No, this is about him. I'm serving him to bring him glory. Lastly, do good in Jesus' name with all we have. With all we have. Listen, we can tend to fear that if I'm, pastor, if I, if I really get into this, if I'm doing good, like, with everything that I have, couldn't I be doing too much good? I mean, isn't this going to, like, cost me so much that I'm going to be, like, at a deficit? God's word tells us the very opposite. God's word tells us the very opposite. Proverbs 11 puts it this way. Give freely and become more wealthy. <laughs> Be stingy and lose everything. 
Man, isn't that a reflection of what Jesus said about, man, when we try to save our own lives, we lose it? Maybe Jesus was reflecting on this proverb. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Who wants to prosper? Who wants to be refreshed? Join Jesus on his mission and do it generously. Do it with everything that you have. And listen, remember, everything that you have was given to you by God anyway. (laughs) Nothing you got, right, came out of your amazingness. It was all a gift. Every day, every breath is a gift. And every dollar that's in the bank is a gift. And every talent or skill set that I possess, guess what? It's a gift from the Lord. And I love what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians about this, chapter 9. And we'll finish with this. And it sounds like he's only talking about money, but I want you to realize that everything we have from the Lord Talent, time, or treasure, it is all a gift from the Lord that can be used wholly and generously. Listen to what he says. He says, and God will generously provide all you need, all of it. Talent, time, treasure. Then you will always have everything you need. And plenty left over, why? To share with others, to do good in his name. Like God's gonna make sure that we never run out, that the well never runs dry when we're living with his open hands saying, God, everything that you give me, I'm gonna use it to do good in your name, to serve others. He goes on and says, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Listen, when we serve others with a spirit of generosity, it's not just talking about money. Sometimes it's almost too easy to just write a check or there's a knock on the door, I'll, I'll give to that. But it's about engaging our whole selves. But it includes our resource financially as well. That we would use everything that he's given us to join him on his great mission of redemption in the world. Let's pray. Jesus, first, I want to repent. Lord, there's times that I've gotten this wrong. There's times that, Lord, I thought my growth in you was about me only. My wholeness, my flourishing, me being my best self. Lord, to the detriment, Lord, of those around me. Lord, and I never want to be that kind of person again. And Lord, I never want to pastor a church where we somehow think it's about us. It's about making our church's name great. It's about everybody come to Santa Maria Vorscore Church. No, it's about us being your people, anchored in you, 
being people of the word, people of prayer, and people on mission together, embodying the good news of Jesus into our neighborhoods, into our city, into the world, embodying the good news by letting our good deeds shine for the world to see so that others will say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. God, would you help us to be people who live in such a way, following you on mission, that other people are going to come to know you because how we live our lives. Openly, generously, with all that you have gifted us with. And God, we ask these things in your name. We ask these things in your name. Listen, we have some prayer support people who are gonna be coming forward right now to pray with you. We talked earlier about major storms in our lives and challenges and, and Kelly and I are going through something right now where we're just processing. We're saying, Jesus, every day I, I need to be anchored in you. Don't leave today and be before you would take the opportunity to pray. Not only by yourself, but man, with someone who will pray over you, who will pray with you, who God may just give them an encouragement from God's word that you need to hear today. Maybe there's gonna be a word from the Lord that you need desperately to hear before you walk out these doors. So I encourage you, don't leave without it. And if you're joining us online and, and you are facing a storm and need someone, would invite someone to pray with you, I, I just invite you to go over to our website, sm4.org. When you're there, you're gonna find a contact us page. And if you just go there, you're gonna see that you can just drop us a note. Ask or let us know what we can be joining with you in prayer about. It would be our honor to pray with you even as we're growing together, becoming more and more anchored in Jesus. Next week, man, we're gonna have the conclusion to this and I'm so excited to see this conversation about being anchored just kind of brought together in a beautiful way. I uh, encourage you to be here. It's gonna be good. Church family, you are loved. Have a fantastic week. Women who can be at the movies next Saturday. Man, that would be so much fun to see a bunch of women come out and join together. Um, socially distanced in the theater. Uh, enjoying redeeming love next Saturday at 1230. Um, see Kelly about that if you have any questions. Guys, you're loved. Have a great week.